Thank you for tuning in to The Balanced Creative. Please check out breathingspacecreative.com where you will find access to all of our episodes, the Nourishing Word blog, info on one-to-one coaching with me, the Forever Writers Club, and all kinds of fabulous tools to help you become a balanced creative. Thriving versus surviving. Creating your own equitable space as a marginalized creative entrepreneur. Folks, let's get down to it. Why is it so difficult to thrive through that ever-present diversity veneer? Why are we not discussing what POC creators need in order to stay and thrive in a space? In today's episode of The Balanced Creative, I hope to answer two questions. How can we begin to excavate and acknowledge our own unique barriers as marginalized creators? And how can we take these barriers and use them to inform, communicate, and ask for what it is we need as individuals? My name is Shaleen Knight, and I am founder of Breathing Space Creative Literary Studio, where we focus on building balance in our creative lives through mindset work, clarity, and healthy processes. I'm a writer, entrepreneur, publishing professional, a parent, and a huge lover of laughter, joy, and living my best life. Let's get into it. So I think the best way to kind of kick this off is to maybe speak from a personal experience that I've had uh, working in publishing and more specifically the literary magazine realm. So I would love to dive into this for a second and even just kind of transport myself back to this time when I was running a literary magazine with very little experience, very few tools, um, and not really understanding what it looked like to have creative balance or to be able to do this role while still holding down a day job, while still, you know, taking care of my creative writing and being a parent. But there's some things that I can look back on now that connect to fear. And the first thing was I was afraid to vet for myself. I was afraid to speak up and stand up for exactly what I needed in order to not only just do the basics of my job, But to be able to thrive and to dream inside of this role, I think as creators, we are taught uh, not to rock the boat. So if someone offers us this beautiful experience, this fantastic opportunity, we should not bite the hand that feeds us, right? So we shouldn't ask a bunch of questions. We don't want to be pushed out of this space. But the things that I needed, I I felt nervous about asking for, and I didn't even know really who to ask. I mean, I was in charge. I was running this magazine. We were a collective, so we didn't really have this hierarchy of who to report to. We kind of held each other accountable. And so if I needed something in order to show up for my job, who was I going to ask? And it was this convoluted way of operating that I think added to the burnout added to the anxiety and added to the stress. So when things like this start to happen, we have to ask ourselves, who are we keeping out? 
Who are we pushing out of these necessary roles because of lack of resources or tools or just a conversation that isn't being started? So over the years, I've learned that this work of thriving in a space starts with the self. So for me, folks, this is revolutionary. So when I think back to being in that role, I was nervous about not knowing who to ask for what I needed, but I kind of skipped a step. It started with me and I needed to first do the work to understand what it was I needed, why I needed these particular things and what that would lead to. What would the outcome be of me having these tools or me having these resources that I needed? And I needed to build a language for myself around how to ask for these things. So there was some some pre-work to be done that I hadn't really thought about until I started, of course, building Breathing Space Creative. So boundaries then come into play. And the work that we do around boundaries, I'm telling you, friends, this does not only connect to our personal lives. This tethers itself, this work of boundaries tethers itself to every corner of our lives whether that's connecting with a family member and maybe, you know, you need to work on a creative project, but your family member needs something. And I think as, you know, creatives, we have this pocket of wanting to nurture. That is always there. It is embedded in who we are. And so it's really difficult to say no or even to say no with love or to even find the language. Again, language is going to keep coming up here finding a language to communicate what it is we need and why. And so I think boundaries are difficult because we fear what the person on the other side is going to think of us or what they're going to say. But we have to step back and and remember that boundaries are not about the other person. They are about us. And so we can't control or change or shape how people respond or react, but we can definitely control how we move forward. So let's say we're going to put a boundary out there and maybe I'm going to say, I refuse to take on projects that aren't clearly outlined for me. The steps are not outlined. I'm not taking it on. And maybe that's my boundary and I've communicated that clearly. So what happens if someone continues to push and says, well, you know, you got to take this. This is a great opportunity. I know we haven't done the work of outlining the steps for you, but we want you to take this project on. So now the boundary is either firm or unfirm, depending on how I react. And so I need to be consistent in how I respond. And so when I communicate what the consequence of somebody pushing or breaking one of my boundaries is, and then I follow through with that consequence, that is how we build up this muscle. And so in thinking about that and being creators uh, or being leaders, we even need to think about getting away from that narrative of, well, we've always done it this way. So if my boundary is I need all of these steps lined up and outlined for me in order for me to take on this project, and the response from the other person is, well, we don't do it that way, and this is how we've always done it. I think as leaders in positions of power, and I'll go ahead and say it, gatekeeping positions, we have to rethink the ways in which we build systems and have a willingness to dismantle the systems that are no longer serving us or the folks that we are calling in. And this work is cyclical. 
and it is long-term, and there is no real end to it. And I think that's what's kind of exciting about this work of being a creator, is we have an opportunity to continue to cycle through these processes, while at the same time, looking at the bits that no longer work. Why don't we just get rid of these pieces that are hindering, you know? So this is the conversation that I am, you know, I'm here for. But when we go a little bit deeper, and we look at who we are, as individuals, I think we all come to the table with not only a different skill set, but maybe a different superpower. And so in my superpower, I want to talk about being an introvert and how my introversion is actually allowing me to be my full authentic self because I've claimed this characteristic as powerful. And this is new, friends. It has not always been like this. Uh, This has only been maybe a year and a half in the making that I've actually claimed introversion as a positive trait. So growing up, I was told that, oh, you know, Shalene is so quiet. She's so shy. Ooh, she doesn't say much. Something must be wrong with her, you know? And so kind of looking at what that narrative did to me and how that carried uh, this negative layer or it embedded this negative layer inside of me for, you know, decades. And I had to unlearn that. I had to unpack that. And I had to educate myself and find out how I could claim this, this trait as something positive. And as soon as I did that, folks, I'm telling you, the boundaries became firmer. The language made more sense for me because I was building it for myself. And I was connecting with people who understood that unique uh, complexity, that unique pocket of being. And that's really important. So when we're creating our projects, community becomes important. But we have to, again, we start with the self and figuring out what exactly is it that we need in order to thrive in certain situations. So it's not about just existing and being and making space. It's about creating a space that is set up for someone to thrive. And that's going to be an individual rejig every single time, depending on who we are. So that's what I wanted to think about today. And these are the conversations that I think we need to continue to grow, to expand on, um, and to begin to find ways into and out of conversations as well. So for example, folks, I'm currently writing a book on Black self-love and joy. And this book will be coming out with HarperCollins Uh, I want to say 2023, but I'm just going to go ahead and say 2024 because that's how I roll. But in in writing this book, it allowed me to come closer to this self because I've had to do this excavating and I've had to learn what my own barriers are because we can't always see these. And as a slow processor, it takes me even longer to find these things. And so slowing down and allowing myself the space to figure out exactly what needs to be done with a project, that becomes something that I need to communicate. That becomes a barrier if I don't have access to that ability to slow down. And so we have to be able to have conversations around these individual needs while being okay with letting go of the narrative that this is how things have always been done. We got to toss that out. So I also want to talk a little bit about the spaces that I create for others in the world, whether that's the Forever Writers Club, 
whether that's a workshop space. And also thinking about the spaces that I've entered into, um, I really love this idea of allowing myself to come into this space as my authentic self. So that means if I'm showing up to a meeting, I'm going to be maybe be a little bit quiet until I feel comfortable to share something. If I'm teaching a workshop, I'm not going to be formal and academic because that is not me. I'm going to come into that space as myself. And in doing that, I'm not having to put on a mask. I'm not having to tap into a personality that doesn't belong to me in order to make other people in the space feel comfortable. So when we think about showing up as our authentic selves, we're then not utilizing as much energy to be someone that we are not. And that, my friends, has changed the entire outlook of the way I show up in certain spaces. So it's pretty fantastic to think about that as a possibility for all of us who are out there talking about our books, talking about our creative projects. Imagine dreaming yourself into a space where you can then fully be yourself and watch how that shifts the way you feel at the end of this event or at the end of, you know, you're leaving this space. How do you feel? Pay attention to these things because they matter. And so I want to talk a little bit more now about, again, I want to go back to my superpower. I want to go back to my introversion and also thinking about being a black female introvert inside publishing. Is that possible? And, and even thinking about my other role uh, as a literary agent and knowing what we know about this role, it involves a lot of networking. It involves a lot of relationship building and meetings and all kinds of fun stuff. So my question for all of you, since we're talking about space and we're talking about thriving in spaces and creating equitable space, is there space in publishing for the black female introvert? I'm going to put that question out there. I want you folks to think about that. In a recent article, Renee Germain said, there's a huge amount of pressure for black women, especially in white dominated workplaces, to be extroverted. Mainstream media has presented a one-dimensional view of black culture as sassy and larger than life, which places extroverted Black characters and personalities at the forefront without a thought for Black women that don't fit the stereotype. So this got me thinking about my own position in publishing and, you know, how I fit in certain spaces. Should I remove myself from a space because I don't fit a typical mold or because of the stereotypes and assumptions that are placed before me? I think deeply about this. And I think the old me, the me prior to doing a lot of this mindset work and boundary work would have, you know, left the room with my tail between my legs, friends. But now, instead, I look at rejigging. I look at saying, well, if this isn't going to work for me, I'm going to find a way for it to work for me. And I love, I love, love, love the power in that. And so I ask again, is there space for black female introverts in publishing? And this is my own specific category that I'm really thinking deeply about. You can go ahead and insert your own and think about that. Think about a space that you've wanted to be in, but you don't fit the typical mold. 
So what does that look like for you? And I've said this three times already, but it starts with the self. And so folks are either on board or they are not on board. And so I think deeply about how I'm going to have to do things differently, um, knowing I have this introverted personality, uh, but knowing the role that I'm in and what's required of me. And so how am I going to pivot, rejig, and show up in a way that makes me feel supported and also makes me feel like I am my authentic self? So for example, I'm going to select which meetings I'm going to show up to. Uh, Sometimes I feel more comfortable or gravitate towards an individual. So instead of doing a lot of group collaboration work, sometimes there's one person that I want to speak to. And so why can't I break away from that expectation that we all have to come together as this group all the time in order to work through a problem or troubleshoot or gather ideas? Sometimes as an introvert, I just need that one person in front of me. And this is the exception that we have to make in order to create spaces that are equitable for the individual. Another example is I do a lot more work on the back end, meaning I do a lot of work that is not visible. I think deeply about the conversations I'm having with clients and I do a lot of prep to show up in these spaces. I build systems for myself so that admin work does not take over my day. And this allows for me to do so many different things, just like this podcast. I think there's this assumption that if someone is doing too many things, there is a fear of a temporary opportunity, perhaps. But for me, I have built a system for myself that works so fluidly. It allows me to do all of these different things with one end goal attached to every single hat I wear, which is I want to help writers and creators build a sustainable creative practice for life. That is what I do, whether I'm writing, whether I'm editing, whether I'm doing this podcast, whether I'm running the Forever Writers Club, whether I'm having a conversation with a client on the agent side, this is the work that I am doing. And so in building systems for myself, it allows me to be front-facing with the client or front-facing in a one-on-one meeting. So my boundaries, ethics, values all contribute to me using my introversion as a superpower, uh, and they contribute to me thriving. And this is what we have to make space for in the industry is recognizing that there is no one size fits all when we think about the different roles and we think about the different creators that we want to work with. There is no one size fits all. And so being open to this very different outlook, I think, is how we create equitable space. So I want to shift and think a little bit more now about some tips. So tips For you folks out there, maybe you are a busy creator, you know, maybe you're coming from a marginalized community, or maybe you have, you know, some different barriers placed in front of you. Maybe you're juggling family. Life crisis might pop up. Money issues could be microaggressions in the equation here. Microaggressions in the workplace, right? All of this stuff, whatever it is, it takes its toll. So we often forget or maybe we ignore the fact that we have to make sure we have the energy, time, and headspace to tackle these issues head on. So yes, I'm saying it again. This work starts with the self. So I like to create a little checklist for myself 
just to kind of have something at the ready. And that checklist might look like, have I worked on my boundaries and non-negotiables lately? Have I built up an ethics and values system, right? So this will help me uphold my boundaries and non-negotiables when I've got this system that I can refer to. It's almost like a structure that is in place that will allow me to make decisions in a way that doesn't detract all of my energy. Have I worked on or built a language for saying no? Please check out our Instagram, uh, BSC Literary Studio. We have a really cool post on four ways to say no with love. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Have you actually mapped out and listed what your current barriers are? And this is like step one, folks. So we often have barriers. They're in there somewhere. We're not really clear on what they are, but we know there's something stopping us from doing something. Now, if we can't communicate what those barriers are, how do we expect others to see those barriers and to work towards removing them or helping us climb over them? We have to be clear about what these barriers are. Have you considered, and this is a a big tip, folks, have you considered looking for a community of like-minded folks who get you and want to see you happy and want to see you succeed? So this is a conversation that is really important to me. I've done a lot of things and I have come into many successful moments that I celebrate all the time. But there are people who, even though they do not want to see you fail, they don't want to see you happy. They don't want to see you successful, maybe because that's coming from a place of lack or maybe they haven't arrived at this place yet. And so then everything you do becomes suspect, right? So you have to surround yourself with people who want to see you continue to climb. And so when you surround yourself with people who get it and who want to contribute to your success as defined by you, you notice that you absorb energies from them. They absorb energies from you. And this is how we climb up. So have you released people and unlearned Have you released people and unlearned anything recently? This is another tip, something to focus on. Uh, As we move and evolve and grow, sometimes we have to let people go who are holding us back. And this doesn't mean that we, you know, kick them to the curb. This can be something as simple as changing the ways in which we communicate with these people. I have a perfect example. I have someone in my life whom I love dearly, who is very close to me, but requires a lot from me. And so the busier I got and the more projects I took on, the more I had to step back from giving, okay? And so knowing what my capacity is to give and knowing that this person tends to take more than I have, I had to step back and change the ways in which I communicated and change the ways in which I showed up in that person's world to protect what I was building. And that's something we have to do on a regular basis. Uh, which leads us to having to do the mindset work of dealing with guilt because the guilt will show up. We have to find a way to navigate it because it's not going away. So we have to learn to live with these things, but to do so in a way that feels healthy and nourishing. So this work, I'm saying it, I think for the fifth time now, this work starts with the self. Before we can challenge or dismantle systems, we have to turn inward and we have to look at the systems or beliefs that we already hold. So I want to jump into the Mindset Minute.
So let's take a minute to set an intention for the rest of our day. What are we going to do differently today? Let's breathe this out. For the rest of today, I want to work on my say no with love language. I want folks to recognize and hold close the values that make me, me. Mm, mm, mm. That's what I'm focusing on for my mindset minute. That's what I'm going to carry into the rest of my day. And I want to leave you folks with a little tip. Work on yourself every day. Get to know that self. Sometimes you have to shed old layers. You have to get to know yourself. You have to relearn yourself. This is growth. This is how we get one step closer to thriving. So until next time, don't forget, mindset is everything.